From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, appropriations reporter here at CQ Roll Call. And we are here this week to talk about what are the very early months of the race to succeed House Appropriations Chairwoman Nita Lowy, who plans to retire at the end of this Congress. And that has led to a bit of um, behind-the-scenes jockeying already um, among candidates who want to take over as the top Democrat on the House Appropriations Committee. Yeah, this should be Quite a, a feisty little fight going on uh, already behind the scenes for for this top spot, which is a powerful post, appropriations chairman, either chairman or ranking member, whatever. It depends who whether Democrats hold the majority in the House next year or not, but whoever. But it's a big battle for the top Democratic slot, right? Right. And um, currently there's three subcommittee chairmen on the House Appropriations Committee who have officially announced that they would like to seek this um, post at the beginning of the next Congress. Um, and that is uh, Rosa DeLauro. She's from Connecticut. She currently chairs the Labor HHS Education Subcommittee. Uh, Marcy Kaptur, the most senior member of the panel, she's in charge of the Energy Water Subcommittee. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who heads up the Military Construction and VA panel on House Appropriations. Um, these are not small panels to lead. They don't handle, um, you know, it's not the legislative branch subcommittee, for example, which I know everyone right. kind of sometimes refers to as a good starter committee right. um, because it has the smallest amount of funding. Um, compared to the other bills. And so they have officially announced um, that they want to take over following Lowy. And there's been a lot of campaigning so far um, from these three lawmakers, even though House Democrats won't decide until after the November elections who's going to get this role. But obviously, they're going to use this time to uh, try to persuade their colleagues to uh, support them and, and use these crucial months for some jockeying. Yeah, Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro apparently already has a whip count going. Um, I was talking with her about this um, before the recess, and I was really surprised when she said that. I kind of took a step back and I said, you have a whip count going already? Yeah. And she just laughed at me um, and then got on an elevator, um, which is a pretty standard interaction for me these days. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be, there's a lot of in-person conversations happening already um, there's been a couple of dear colleague letters sent around to the entire group of House Democrats. Um, and then this is going to be something that's going to be really interesting to watch in the next few months as the House begins its annual appropriations process. Um, these three lawmakers are in charge of important bills. They're going to be holding hearings um, in that oversight role with the administration. Um and of course, none of them are fans of the Trump administration, but it's going to be interesting to see if any of the dynamics change um, from previous years in terms of, you know, what type of role they cast themselves in in these hearings um, and kind of what type of amendments they offer during markups, not just for their own bills, but for other bills. Yeah. So we should say Nita Lowy is stepping down after something like 38 years in Congress, I think, a long time. Um, and... Obviously, filling her role is a, is a big deal. And so, Jen, you wrote a piece this week that looks at this race, since it is already heating up, and, and you really had a lot of detail in there about about the jockeying and, and who's involved and the, the key players. 
uh, because it is three very prominent senior members of this committee vying for this post, and there could be others. Um, but so let's sort of handicap how you, how we see things shaping up right now, even though it's very early in the in the in the bidding. Obviously, um, you said that Deloro is certainly a key contender because because she's cl- she was she's close to Lowy, right? Yes, as well as Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Um, when they all when those three lawmakers were on the appropriations panel in the nineteen 19- 90s when they were kind of starting to make their way up through the ranks in the House. They were known as the Delosis. They were very (laughs) close. Um, And from all indications, they continue to have a really strong working relationship. And the one thing to remember with appropriations is it's different than authorizing committees. You know, if appropriators don't get their work done, we get a government shutdown. There's a real tangible impact if they can't get these bills out of committee in conference with the Senate and signed into law. And so there's a lot of of pressure on whoever takes over that role as the top Democrat on the House Appropriations panel, whether or not it's chairman or ranking member, honestly, because when we get to the end of the process and they're really conferencing with these complicated policy matters and these things that also carry a lot of weight politically, you have to work typically with members of the other party and the other chamber and representatives of the administration to finalize this legislation. And so that's a a pretty big responsibility, especially when the top line for all 12 bills is a little under $1.4 trillion. And so having a close relationship with leadership in your party and really being able to negotiate on their behalf without having to constantly say, well, they offered X for border wall spending and we want to counterpropose Y. Are you okay with us counterproposing Y for border wall spending? That can really slow down these negotiations when you have these tight spending deadlines. Yeah, as we've certainly seen play out in the past couple of years and we've had we've had we've seen our government shutdowns happen. Yes. And so having a close relationship with the the head of your party and being able to really know that you're in that room and you have the bandwidth to negotiate is key. And so that is something that could put um, Congresswoman DeLauro ahead of her competition. Congresswoman Marcy Kaptur of Ohio has also been along for a really long time. She knows Democratic policy inside and out. Um, she works on the Energy Water Subcommittee, which handles um, member important projects. Um, and it's something that's really kind of tricky to navigate when you have a limited amount of funding. Mm-hmm. And so that's important. And then Debbie Wasserman Schultz um, is just a really kind of prolific fundraiser for House Democrats at this point in time in terms of raising money for the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the DCCC, and, um, you know, using her PAC to fundraise and give money to at-risk Democrats. Yeah, she was a former chairwoman of the Democratic National Committee. People might remember uh, played a prominent role in the 2016 election, too. So... Um, there's that. So we know she's a fundraiser. Uh, and then how do you assess Marcy Kaptur at this point? Because she has the most seniority, right? Right. And so the one thing that's important to remember is that in the Senate, on the Senate Appropriations Committee, typically chairman and ranking member is just a straight seniority bid. There's, you know, if you're the top, that's your role to play if you want it. 
Um, in the House, it's a little bit different on the Appropriations Committee for both Republicans and Democrats. I think if people will remember when former House Appropriations Chairman Ronnie Freelingheisen announced his retirement, I think within a few hours we had four or five subcommittee chairmen saying that they wanted that position as top Republican. And so it's something that you have to campaign on. You have to lobby your colleagues for in the House. And that's something that's going to be um, pretty crucial. And it's not just from the amount of time that you announce you want this position, right? It's not just an I've announced I'm going to start campaigning. I was talking to Congressman Tom Cole, Republican of Oklahoma, and after Chairman Freelandheisen announced his retirement, Cole was one of the Republicans who put his hat in the ring. Um, he did not become ranking member. That role went to Congresswoman Kate Granger. Um, but Cole had a really good point to make and that that is – that it's not just what you say in these next few months. What you've been doing for years was really important, and that reputation that you've built during your entire career as a lawmaker is something that is crucial, um, especially if if the caucus has to take several votes, which they may have to do, especially as some of these other appropriations committee members who may or may not enter the race actually decide to throw their hat in the ring. And we go from a, a three lawmaker contest to maybe a four or five, even a six lawmaker contest. Mm -hmm. Well, so captor getting back to captor though, she has the most seniority. Are there reservations about her that would make it problematic for her? There are not significant reservations at this point in time. She did a Dear Colleague letter earlier this month, and in that she mentioned that she supports getting rid of the Hyde Amendment, which is that provision in annual spending bills that prevents government spending to from going to abortions with limited exceptions. And she previously um, had tried to compete against Chairwoman Lowy, several years ago um, when there was an opening for the top Democratic slot on that committee. And at that point in time, she was not able to galvanize enough support to become the top Democrat on House Approps. And there were some concerns about her position on abortion rights and abortion access. Um, so that is something that she is clearly seeking to um, kind of clarify or campaign on early on that she supports removing the Hyde Amendment, which is something that could help her with progressives. So she's trying to assuage the more progressive wing that she'd be okay. Yeah, and it's really important to remember that the House Democratic Caucus is a very politically broad group of lawmakers. Mm. And then Wasserman Schultz, of course, big fundraiser, but a lot less seniority, right? Right. She will be 10th in returning Democrats on the House Appropriations Committee in terms of seniority, whereas Captor will be first and Delora will be second. So fair to say she's probably more of a long shot candidate at this point than, than Delora or Captor would be. I think at this point in time, that's a safe, safe takeaway. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, others could still jump into this thing, right? Yeah, we are still very far out. I was speaking with Congresswoman Betty McCollum. She handles the Interior Environment Subcommittee for Democrats. And she was saying, listen, we're just kind of we're too far out. And she's going to make her decision after the November elections. I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, I was thinking that if other other subcommittee members were going to get into the race, that they might do it heading into the August recess, maybe even as late as September 
Um, but I was a little bit surprised that she's thinking her her final decision doesn't need to be made until after the November elections. That wouldn't give her a whole lot of time to neg- her to talk to her colleagues about why she wants this role. Yeah. Um, before they begin voting, also just everything that we expect from this year's appropriations process, she's probably going to have to be conferencing the Interior Environment Bill with her Senate colleagues. At that point in time. Um, so she'll be busy. Yeah, she'll be really busy if she decides to end Yeah, it. so maybe she's less serious about it than than some others then if she's willing to wait that long. We'll see. And anyone else uh, being talked about? Is it... Not very loudly. There are some rumors um, about Adam Schiff. Um, he is currently the Intel Committee chairman. He basically led with Congressman Jerry Nadler the impeachment investigation for House Democrats. Right. Um, and those, so there's this thing that you can do. And there's um, he is technically on leave from the House Appropriations Committee. He's been on leave um, for quite some time now. But when you do that... Um, you get to continue accruing your seniority, even though you're not actively on the House Appropriations Panel. Um, and so there's actually three House Democrats, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, um, Whip James Clyburn, and um, Congressman Schiff are the three House Democrats who are technically on leave from the House Appropriations Committee. And it's highly unlikely that Hoyer or Clyburn gets into this race because they hold those leadership positions. But this could be an option for Schiff um, in terms of trying to figure out what's next for him. So if he wanted appropriations, he could make a play for it. But we're not sure if he's really going to go for that. Right. Okay. Well, uh, this is going to be quite a battle as the year progresses and and we see some more uh, behind-the-scenes lobbying for this top post then. Yeah, it's going to be a busy year. Well, that does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us an email at cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. And CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Schutt. And you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast, and we'll be back next week.